Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Today's message is hashtag blessed. And this is actually part one entitled Count Your Blessings. Uh, The first thing that comes up when you Google blessing, believe it or not, is God's favor and protection. God's favor and protection is the very first thing that comes up when you do a Google search on the word blessing. Now, Jesus said something very profound. And the Apostle Paul actually uh, quoted this in the book of Acts. We see it in Acts 20, verse 35. And in Acts 20, 35, you can mark that down. That's going to be the theme verse of this series as we dig into this. But there's so much that we need to look at. There's so much that we need to consider from the Word of God so that we can have a solid understanding of what it means to be blessed and what it means to be a blessing. And so uh, Jesus said that to bless is greater than being blessed. Yet in order to bless, we have to be blessed. Does that make sense to you? If I'm going to be a blessing, that means that I have to be blessed. Because I can't bless unless I'm blessed, right? It's something we pass on. It's something we transfer. It's something we convey. And so let's look at what Jesus said in Acts 20, 35, as quoted by the Apostle Paul. He states, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. Again, Jesus stated, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So giving is the greater blessing. It's wonderful to receive, but to give is where the greater blessing lies. See, I don't want to just live on the receiving side of blessing. How about you? I want to live on the giving side of blessing. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Who are we helping? Who are we reaching out to? Whose lives are we impacting? Whose lives are we touching for the king? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we honor you in this time. And Father, we value the opportunity to gather together as fellow believers, knowing that you've ordained the preaching and the ministry of your word to equip, to build up, to edify the body of Christ. Holy Spirit, I entrust my lips, my mind, my heart, my very life to you, to use me to convey truth that can be impactful in the lives of these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the title of this message again is Count Your Blessings. It's interesting because the phrase Count Your Blessing Blessings in the Cambridge English Dictionary is this. It states, to be grateful for the good things in your life. Often to stop yourself becoming too unhappy about the bad things. So when we think about the, con- the content or concept of counting your blessings, that's what it includes. That's what it involves. It's reflecting on what good is happening and not being so focused and gravitating to the bad, okay? 
because we need to have a God perspective of how we view our present circumstance and situation. Would you agree? Now, the word count, because if we talk about count your blessings, the word count means to add up. It also means to consider. So we're to consider the blessings in our lives that we have, that we've been given. So in this series, our objective is actually twofold. It's a twofold objective. We want to give consideration to how blessed we are by God and also to recognize how we are to be a blessing to others. And see, there's, there's spiritual realities that we need to begin to get a hold of when it comes to blessing, to receiving blessing and to be a blessing, okay? And so sometimes people can get so caught up in the blessing that they forget the blesser. And so we don't want to do that. First um, Samuel twelve twenty four. you can write that down if you're taking notes. Uh, from the New American Standard Version of the Bible, it reads, Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. And notice, for consider what great things he has done for you. You need to consider what great things that God has done for you. He's done some awesome things. But see, we can fail to recognize them because often the enemy blinds us from what God has done. The the greatest tool of the enemy is to keep you ignorant to the truth of the word. So you fail to see what God has really accomplished on your behalf, okay? In Psalms 106, verse 7, the scripture reads in the English Standard Version, Our fathers, when they were in Egypt did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Now see, we need to understand that if we fail to consider what God has done, how he's blessed us, we will rebel. The tendency is always to rebel if you fail to consider what God has done for you. So that's why we need to count our blessings. Now there's a popular hymn that is actually titled, Count Your Blessings. How many of you have sung that, heard that over the years? Maybe some of us older folks. But it's actually uh, written and authored by Johnson Oatman. It was published in the year 1897, so that was before all of our time, okay? So that's an old song. But I believe it has great relevance for us as believers today. And so it goes this way. One of the verses says, When upon life's billows... You are tempest-tossed. See, that's, uh, you know, we don't talk that way anymore, but that's how they talked back then, okay? (laughs) When you are discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Now, the refrain of, of this song is count your blessings, name them one by one, Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. Now, there's revelation in that song. Because when you count, it's taking into consideration. You consider, it's adding all these things together and saying, Lord, you did this. And see, we see that in Scripture, when, when the men of God were facing conflict, they would begin to reflect on the great things God has, had done for them. God, you delivered us. God has done for you in the past. If God got you through it before, he'll get you through it again, okay? 
Now, we need to adopt this as a mindset, the mindset to count your blessings. It's actually a biblical practice. In Psalms 9, verse 1, it reads, I will give thanks to the Lord with all, with my whole heart. I will recount all your wondrous deeds. See, that's biblical. We recount all of what he's done. We consider, Lord, you've done this. We're so thankful because of what you have done, knowing that he'll continue to work in our lives. And then Psalms 79, verse 13 says, But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. From generation to generation, we will recount your praise. Wow, we'll continue to rehearse and declare the great things that God has done for us. So often you can have a pity party. Have you ever had a pity party? That's when you're feeling sorry for yourself. And you say, woe is me. That's the time to count your blessings, to shift your focus on what God has done for you so that you can identify with those faithful deeds and acts that he's demonstrated in your life because of his faithfulness and his love for you. I have three points this morning for you, or three uh, statements that you can write down if you're taking notes. Number one, understand that we serve a God of blessing. We need to have an understanding of that, that we serve a God of blessing. It's his nature to bless. He's all about blessing. And see, there's so many misconceptions of the character of God. God wants us to associate him with blessing, not evil, not suffering, or not the curse, because he's delivered us from that, and he's delivering us from that. Let's look at Genesis chapter 126, because if we look right to the beginning, we can see God's initial, original intent when he created man. Genesis 128, notice what it says in 26, Genesis 126, and God blessed them, and he's speaking of male and female who he just created, right? And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. So we see that when God blessed them, he spoke a word to them. And and that word had to do with their destiny, what God intended to accomplish through their lives. And so to be fruitful, to multiply, and it's not just having kids, folks. Being fruitful and multiplying has other uh, meanings and interpretations of what that all uh, accomplishes, okay? So from the very beginning, it's evidenced in Scripture that God blessed mankind in the earth. And he's not changed from his original intent. He really hasn't. His intent is still the same. Never did he intend that we would live under a curse, but that we would be blessed beyond measure. See, now, we we have to begin to set our religious ideas aside and embrace a God who's a God of blessing. To bless is what he does best and also part of his nature. It's also part of our nature as his children. How many of you love to bless your children? You know, and I thought that was a pretty big deal. You know, Deb and I, we love to bless our kids. But when it 
comes to the grandchildren, it goes up a whole nother level. <laughs> it's like, look out, grandkids, you know. And uh, we want to see them blessed. We want to see them provided for. We want to see their needs met. We, we want to make sure they're going to be okay. See, that's the heart of the Father God towards you. He wants to make sure you're going to be okay. You know, um, we had a, a wonderful time yesterday. It's actually the first time we did this. We, we have like seven couples that we're doing premarital counseling for marriage prep. And so that, that's the, a lot of, of demands upon our time and setting up appointments, working with people's schedule. So we, Deb had a great idea. Let's get everybody together on a Saturday and we can spend several hours together with all the couples and just pour into them. We did that. And so uh, we did a conference yesterday called Becoming One. And we were using uh, video material from Jimmy Evans with, 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 with a ministry that he's founded called Marriage on the Rock. Wonderful time together. And it's always a, a good, um, you know, good boost to our own marriage. Right, honey? You know, we came home and we, we had some discussions, you know. And it's always good, always good. Because you might have a great marriage, but you know what? It can be better. There's always room for improvement. So don't think that you don't need to go to a marriage conference. Don't think that you don't need to invest in your marriage by, by spending time to hear truth that can help make it better, okay? So, all right. I almost lost my place there. No. Uh, let, me, let me just say this because I think the concept with some people is that God wants you impoverished, broke, and poor. But that's not the God that we serve. Do you want that for your own kids? No, you can have a rich life. You can have a rich life, but a rich life doesn't mean necessarily a lot of money because riches is more than just money or things. It, the connotation of wealth goes far beyond just physically what you possess, okay? Proverbs 10, 22, I'm going to read this from actually three translations because each translation brings a little bit different emphasis now, Proverbs 10.22 in the English Standard Version says, The blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. In other words, the riches he brings isn't going to bring pain, because you might be blessed with a new car, but you have the burden of the car payment. And then you're struggling, oh, we got to make this payment. Oh, why do we ever do this, you know? Uh, but the blessing of the Lord, is it's not going to add a greater burden upon your life, Okay. So we need to understand that in the context of God's blessing and bringing a richness to our life, it's not going to bring heartache, pain, and turmoil, okay? Uh, this same verse in the NIV, the New International Version, reads this way, the blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. See, so many times we work extra hours because we want to get this or get that, and we, you know, sacrifice time with the family, time with the kids, and, and there's, we're toiling to work for all this stuff. Well, if it's truly the blessing of the Lord, you don't have to toil for it. You don't have to work for it because God bestows it upon us, okay? Uh, one more verse. This is uh, on, on this verse. Not one more verse for the message, but uh, one more verse on Proverbs 10.22, the Message Bible. The Message Bible reads this way, God's blessing makes life rich. And I like the way it says that, because your life needs to be rich. Nothing we do can improve on God. In other words, when you have the blessing of God upon your life, nothing can improve it. See, I so desire to have the blessing of God upon my life. 
because I know if it's upon my life, then that's going to allow me to be a greater blessing to others. See, we should go after the blessing of God. And we're going to find out a little bit later. We're going to talk about this guy called Jabez. That's all I'll say. Remember that, the word Jabez. We're going to find out about that character, okay? So a couple other verses. Well, Deuteronomy 28.2. Deuteronomy 28.2. Again, we see this in, in, in the context of when uh, Moses was pronouncing the blessing upon the children of Israel for their obedience. And he said, it says in Deuteronomy 28.2, And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. See, there's a requirement to obey the voice of the Lord your God. In other words, you need to listen. Just as your children need to listen when you give them instruction, we as God's children need to listen when he gives us instruction. Because if we're willing and obedient, we'll walk uh, in, in the best of the land or we will eat the best of the land. The scripture says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19. So number two, point number two, what was point number one? Point number one is understand that we serve a God of blessing. Point number two is failure to count your blessings is detrimental to your faith. A failure to count your blessings is detrimental to your faith. See, this is really a matter of unthankfulness. Unthankfulness blinds the mind and the heart from recognizing the blessing of God in our life. See, some people have the blessing right there, but they don't see it, they don't recognize it because they're ungrateful, they're unthankful. And so the, the Bible charges us to be thankful, to be grateful. See, we're living in an ungrateful generation. We're living in a generation where we just expect things to be given to us, but yet we are unthankful and ungrateful. See, saying thank you, thank you, and expressing thanks is so a part of a believer's life, or at least it should be. Now, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, I love this verse because this really help, helps us to identify the will of God. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, give thanks in all circumstances. No matter what you're going through, give thanks in the midst of that circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So this is where God's will begins by you giving thanks. Now, what situation are you facing right now? Can you find a place to be thankful in that situation? Maybe you're faced with some bills that came in that you weren't expecting. Maybe something broke down, you have to replace a dishwasher or washer or dryer or your car breaks down. You have all these expenses that you didn't plan on. And you can be focused, oh, what are we gonna do? What was me, you know? And be discouraged and negative. Or you can be thankful in that situation. You might say, you mean I'm thankful for having to spend extra money? No. You're not thankful uh, for it. You're thankful in it. There's a difference, okay? You're thankful in it because you know that God is your provider. Lord, this was unexpected expense, but I'm thankful because I know that you said you would meet and supply my need, and I'm thankful that you are my provider. You're going to somehow make this thing work out for me so I can get through this week, this month, and through this crisis. And that's just a minor thing. But some people deal with major crises in their life. But even in the major crisis, we can find a place to give thanks to God because he's faithful. Amen? See, Thanksgiving 
is to be our state of mind or it's our mindset. It's more than just expressing words of gratitude, but it's an attitude of the heart that is thankful. See, a thankful heart, it constantly expresses gratitude. See, we need to live our lives that way. You know, even teaching your children, parents, you need to teach your children to be thankful because if you don't teach your children to be great, uh, thankful, they'll be ungrateful and unthankful, and that always breeds rebellion because nothing's ever enough. They just expect it without any kind of sense of understanding of, of, of where it came from and appreciation for how it got to them. So uh, true thanksgiving is an expression of the heart and proceeds from the heart. It's not from outward circumstances. Now, if something good happens, it's easy to give thanks. You get blessed with a pay raise. You get blessed with something. Oh, yeah, thank you, Lord. I love this. This is so good. But what's difficult is when things are going wrong, can you still maintain a thankful heart when things are going bad? And, and, and hopefully you don't have bad days, too many bad days, but you, you can make those bad days glad days just by giving thanks, okay? And, and you can get the victory and, and defeat the enemy from trying to discourage you or set you back. In, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 15, we're going to look at that in just a moment. Uh, when we realize that when we respond to the instruction to give thanks, our focus and perspective of life changes. In fact, our eyes are open to begin to see what God has made available for us in the midst of that crisis. Colossians 3.15, it says, Let the peace of Christ be in control in your heart, for you were in fact called as one body to this peace. This is a New English translation. And be thankful. See, we're called to be at peace. And, and the word here commands us to be thankful. Whatever you're facing. Because we need to let God's peace be in control. And the only way God's peace can be in control is when we're thankful. When we're giving thanks. Thanksgiving should be an expression on our lips. There should be a constant flow. You know, there's so much we can be thankful for. But we fail to give thanks and then we fail to see the, the depth and the dimensions of the blessing. So giving thanks actually opens your eyes to just how blessed you are, exposing the wrong focus in our life. Um, and, and, and there's so much more we could say about that. Psalms 136.1, this actual, that psalm in particular, uh, 26 times the Bible in that chapter, in that chapter of 136 uh, makes the same statement. Psalms 136.1, one of the verses says, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. So give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. He's a good God. Giving thanks guards against discouragement, depression. In fact, giving thanks is a choice. You need to make it your choice. Number three, the, the third point I want to convey to you this morning is recognition of God's blessing positions you to be a blessing. And see, the blessing of the Lord determines our capacity as well as our responsibility to give. So uh, it's important to understand that uh, as God spoke to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, he made a statement. He said, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Before Abraham could be a blessing, he had to receive God's blessing. 
And so my desire for you today as we begin this series is for you to open your heart to receive the blessing of God in your life so that you can begin to be a blessing, a greater blessing to your spouse, a greater blessing to your children, a greater blessing to your family, a greater blessing to your neighbors, your neighborhood, the community. So, and really, that's what it's all about. I, I want to foster in you a, a fresh drive to not only be a receptive vessel for God's blessing, but to be a channel of his blessing to others. That, that's really what this series is all about, okay? Now, so Deuteronomy 16, 17, we see a biblical principle here. And it reads, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord, your God, that he has given you. So here we see this principle. We give as we have been enabled according to our ability, which is referenced as the blessing of God that we received. So I want to read that again because we need to get this principle in our heart. Deuteronomy 16, 17 says, Every man shall give as he is able. So we see this as a, more of a command, instruction from the Scripture. According to the blessing of the Lord, your God, that he has given you. So his blessing empowers us to be a blessing. Luke 12, 48, the second half of that verse, says something that, you know, this is, this is a challenge to all of us. Luke 12, 48 says, and this is a New American Standard Version, everyone to whom much was given, of him much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. In other words, we're responsible with what we've been entrusted with. Now, so often people will be blessed, but because of selfishness, they don't share, they don't release, they don't allow this principle to be part of their experience in their walk with God. And I believe we need to make it a part of our experience with God. In Matthew 5, 6, and if you get some time, you can read of Matthew 5. We see there the Beatitudes. And the Beatitudes is talking about blessed is the person, blessed is the man. And it talks about a number of means and how we can receive the blessing of God in our life. Okay? And one in particular, verse 6, and I'm going to read this from the classic Amplified Bible because it really kind of defines the word blessing in this passage. And you see the Amplified Bible and other passages where the word blessing is used, you'll see the definition of blessing right there. And we can break that all down for you in the weeks to come, but let's look at Matthew 5, 6. It says, blessed and fortunate and happy and spiritually prosperous in that state in which the born-again child of God enjoys his favor and salvation. Now that's kind of a mouthful, but that encompasses what blessing is, what the blessing of the Lord is in our life. To have, to be fortunate, happy, spiritually prosperous in a state by which we're in a relationship with Christ born again as his child, enjoying not only his favor, 
but his salvation. Notice it goes on to say, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uprightness and right standing with God, for they shall be completely satisfied. So I believe the human heart is looking for complete satisfaction. And that can only be found in a right relationship with Jesus Christ. And we see this here. It's challenging verse. There needs to be a hunger and a thirst for God's right order in our life. I want my life to be right with God. I don't want to assume my life is right with God. I want to make sure my life is right with God. And so that means I'm going to continue to hunger and thirst for his right order. Because in that, I know that then I will be blessed, as it says in Matthew 5, 6. And and that's what I want to challenge you with as we close the service. I want to take a moment and speak and address those that may not have a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you've come to the service. Maybe you were invited. And maybe you're just kind of, you know, observing things and taking it all in. But my question for you is, are you right with God? And do you have that confidence, that conviction, that you know that all is well between you and and the Father? That you've surrendered your life to Jesus, that you've received his forgiveness, that you've received his love, that you've received his transforming power to make a difference in your life. Maybe you're here and you've never really heard about that. Maybe you've gone to church and, and, and you've did it as an obligation just to fill a requirement, thinking that you're serving God because you're going to church. But no, it's a relationship. And God has called us to be in a right relationship with him, and he's made that possible through his son Jesus. Jesus became the mediator, the one who stood in the, in the gap between us and the Father. And he took our sin, he took our shame, he died on the cross and paid the price for that. In exchange, then he gives us eternal life, forgiveness of sins when we surrender to his lordship. See, making Jesus Lord is a major decision that determines whether you go to heaven or hell. Have you received Jesus as the Lord of your life? If you haven't, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Or maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I've given my heart to the Lord, but I've had some struggles. I've backslid away from God, but I believe I need to renew that commitment to Him. If that's you, God's got your number, and today is your day to get set on the right track with God so you can grow in your walk and journey with Him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around, as I scan across this audience, is there anyone here that would lift their hand and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I know that my life is not right with God. And I'm ready to surrender my heart and life to Jesus Christ this morning. If that's you, raise your hand high so I can see it. Because we want to pray for you. We want to pray with you. We want to see God move in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Anyone this morning? We're going to pray this prayer together. Whether you raise your hand or not, maybe you're hesitant. Maybe you're not quite sure. Let's pray this prayer together. Repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of your Son, Jesus. I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. 
Jesus, I believe in you that you came to this earth to die on the cross. You shed your blood for my sins so that I could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and be my Lord and my Savior. I believe you died on the cross for me and you rose from the dead to give me new life. Jesus, I confess you as the Lord of my life. Make my life what you want it to be. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.